everybody. Welcome to episode two of Tell Me What You Know. Today is Thursday, April 25th. My, my name is Michael, Michael One. I have co-host Michael Two across the table from me. I'll take number two today. Yeah. Michael, I got to tell you, I am fervent. I am vivacious. I'm energetic. I am super jazzed right now. Is this about your topic today? Uh, no, basically I listened to our last podcast and it sounded like I just had to put my dog down. So I decided to come at it with a little more energy today. Um, hopefully it's not as dreary as the last time. So uh, this, this is, it's fun. So we should be having fun. This is a, and, you're uh, a monster energy drink today. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how have you been? All good? I've been good. Yeah. I've been good. Foster cats have been good since our last episode. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Still, a, a, tons of cat sex happening in North Carolina. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot of lot of kitten, kitten season's coming up. That's right. Uh, so it, yeah, probably seasonal. Okay. It's, oh, it's very seasonal. <laughs> right. <on. laughs> well, good deal. Um, well, let's hop right into it. Um, Michael, tell me what you know about Jesus's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus had a brother. Some say. Uh, I did not know Jesus had a brother. Is he's from some long lost elder or not elder scrolls? Uh, <laughs> long lost other scrolls that were recently found and like books that got left out. Kind of. So uh, I'm surprised that Scott hadn't brought this up yet. He's been absolutely bursting. Scott is a coworker of ours who brought this topic up to me, and he can't keep a secret apparently, and has been just dropping hints around Michael, which is kind of goes against the whole premise of the show. So. Uh, with Easter having happened this past weekend, I thought it'd be mm. a good topic for this week. Uh, there are some scholars out there who say that not only did Jesus, and we're talking about Jesus, the historical figure, not necessarily, you know, the, the Christ. This, right. The, in right. history, Jesus this, of this person of Jesus, this person Correct. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, so w- some scholars say that not only did he have a brother, but he maybe had a twin brother. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. Yes. So, I mean, we can, first of all. You know, you see I mean, there's a family and it's like, oh, yes, Billy's doing great. He's the prodigal son. And, you know, Randy's just kind of getting along. This guy literally had the prodigal son as a brother. Like it was, geez, and it's all Thomas over there. Anyway, let's hop into it here. Uh, essentially, in 1945 in Egypt, in a, a city called Nag Hammadi, I have no idea if that's how you pronounce it, they found these ancient texts, mm-hmm. 13 texts. Uh, among those, uh, one was the Gospel of Thomas, as it's come to be known now. Another called Book of, of Thomas the Contender. And in these in these writings, I guess they call like codices. I guess they mm-hmm. uh, there's this character Thomas, who uh, Judas Thomas, which Judas I think it, it means twin. And then in, in uh, there was another Greek word there as well. I can't remember it right now, but it also meant twin as well. Mm-hmm. So they talk about Thomas having been with Jesus, Jesus and Thomas interacting whether twin is like he's actually his identical twin or if it's like a metaphor type thing uh-huh. with every other thing in religion, it's up for debate. I feel like a lot right. of nobody can really agree on this because how can you nope. prove it? I guess a thousand right? years ago. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So in these, like in, in these books, they're, they're, they're Gnostic books, I guess. So when we say that it's kind of, from what I understand, Gnosticism is a bit hard to describe, but it's kind of That's like... That's a word uh, I hear at a party and I just go along with it. Right. Like, I'm kind of going along with it right now. Yeah, exactly. But they, they... So they have these things that kind of relate to, like, you know, like Christianity and Judaism and that there's this uh, this godhead, I guess, that created the universe. And then maybe from that, there's emanations that created other things, like created the human world because, you know, this this all-seeing God would not have created a e- place with evil and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, that like these, so that's how they get around the... I guess I, mean, I, I don't get created. These are like these are like Gnosticism are kind of like ancient uh, religions, I guess, right? Okay. From what I understand, um, 
And so like these books, I guess, were part of these like Gnostic Bibles, Gnostic scripts, I guess. And they talk about Jesus having this, this twin brother. Um, when you talk, when, I get, from what I understand, like from reading about it, there's, in terms of Jesus, the historical figures, scholars kind of all agree uh, on, on four, four facts, right? So Jesus of Nazareth was murdered uh, by crucifixion and he was buried in the tomb. That actually happened from, from what these scholars are saying, right? Three days afterwards, he went missing. Uh, after that, there were reported appearances by both believers and skeptics of him being back, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so these these reported appearances, they transform both like his followers and some skeptics into believers and becoming like proclaimers of his teachings and like all this kind of stuff, right? So the kind of the the weird thing is here is like, okay, there's maybe there's two things here. Maybe Thomas was the one that got crucified. Maybe they just saw Tom. Okay. Or maybe maybe maybe, maybe, just maybe Thomas. Thomas is the one that goes after. Yeah. Right. It's kind of kind of a weird thing, right? Hmm. If if this is, it's an interesting way around the resurrection aspect. Of right. Things. Oh, you're just seeing his, his brother. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The resurrection makes thing. a lot of sense. Sure. Sure. It's <laughs> kind of it's kind of crazy, right? I mean, it makes more sense than resurrection. Yeah. I mean, uh, so there there was a guy Robert Cavan who was a uh, he's a scholar. I think he's a PhD from UC Irvine and and got his degree at uh, some seminary in California. I think it's called Fuller, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he wrote a whole a whole 400-page doctoral dissertation defending that the, this, this twin theory, I guess, right? Mm. He was saying that his whole point was the probability of Jesus having a twin was greater than the probability of God bringing somebody back from the dead, exactly. I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. It kind of goes along with, uh, with the Scottish philosopher David Hume who was saying, you know, when these two miracles are kind of going at each other, you always reject the greater miracle. That's kind of, I guess, I, I don't know that they're necessarily, I think Hume was more of a naturalist, whereas this guy's, a, you know, a religious scholar. I don't think they probably believe in the exact same things, but it kind of seems like they're on the same path with those, right? Mm-hmm. And then from some blogs that I've, I've been reading, uh, it's, it's kind of bizarre because of if, if, if this kind of takes away from the whole resurrection thing, like who, I'm, I'm not here to tell anybody what happened. I have no idea what happened. Right. But that kind of, that's kind of like a keystone of Christianity, right? The whole resurrection. I mean, absolutely. It's I mean, like that's, the, the keystone. It, I mean, that's the, the defining moment when like, Judaism breaks off and becomes Christianity. I mean, that's a massive part of their entire belief system. Right, exactly. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting things for sure. Um, again, these are all these are not my uh, my thoughts or anything. These have been done by people way smarter than me. Was uh, anything written in Thomas's text that was interesting or related to Jesus? Like, so so from yeah, I believe in like in the Gospel of Thomas and in Thomas the Commander or whatever the other one was. Uh, the contender, sorry, they, contender. it was, it was written by people. So the, if, if you look at like when these things were written, they have like historical evidence, I guess, as they were back into like the, like 200 AD, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they were based on stuff way earlier than that. Right. Um, I haven't read them. Uh, so I can't yeah. tell you exactly what it says, but, but they make reference to both Thomas and, and Jesus and about this brother thing and the twin thing. And so there's obviously that gray area of, were the actual twins, or was it like, you know, my brother, my me- metaphor type thing? Right. Who knows? Hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's where the, the argument is for a lot of people out there. Right. Well, then wouldn't it also be that, if, I mean, if they were a twin, well, because, I mean, you, you also have the fact that uh, immaculate conception. Sure. So you'd have immaculate conception of twins, sure. perhaps. I would need to look more into that, because I'm sure that has to be explained somewhere by these guys, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Like did, or if it was just a younger brother, like Joseph 
after Mary had the first, like had the first one, then she's yeah open for business. It could be. I mean, I'd, yeah, I have no uh, idea. But that's, or it's kind of interesting that you'd have to put in you know two uh, equal and opposite parts. So you need Jesus and you need something else. You need right. the opposite. Um, it doesn't really make much sense to me that they would be twins and then he would either be like a there's definitely questions that anti-hero too yeah oh i think there's a lot of questions i don't even know if he was necessarily an anti-hero it's just you're going up against you know you're just the greatest right 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 (laughs) well what's interesting about like lebron james having a brother that nobody knows basically and then four thousand years from now i was like do you know lebron james had a brother terry exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was a fisher terry Terry james (laughs) (laughs) uh Oh, that's really interesting because not a lot is written about Jesus' like middle life. You have some in the Bible. It just it's like he's a kid, and then all of a sudden he's like thirty three, and he's like being crucified. So like there's like a huge gap where you don't really know what he's doing, or like you know he's kind of traveling around. He's like learning things, but um, I mean, what if he had a brother while he was doing all this stuff? Yeah, that looked just like him. Right. Um, no, that's really interesting. It would actually be a very easy. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's like the prestige. It's just hiding. I'm hiding my twin brother. Yeah. I'm going to do these miracles, and we're just going to live in such a way that we commit to people never knowing. It's almost like, it's a, well, could be, yeah. I, I mean, mean I've, who knows? Um, if, if you want to read more on it, there's a, from what I understand, a good blog, uh, the Bart Ehrman blog. Bart Ehrman's a professor at UNC Chapel Hill who goes into detail on this kind of stuff. Uh, I read about a quarter of the blog and then I had to pay. So I decided to, to not read the rest of it, but I think it was going in a good direction. So if you check out uh, airmanblog.org, you can check out the, the rest of the, the story there. I think Wikipedia has some good information as well. Airman, we hope you, we hope you, we send you some subscriptions. For sure. We're not willing to pay for it. <laughs> right on. I, that's an interesting topic. I did not know that. Yeah, neither did I. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bring us forward about 2019 years. All right. Sounds good. Uh, into some kind of current event. Mm. Michael, tell me what you know about Space Force. And I was even going to kind of throw this other with just sort of private space exploration in general. It's kind yeah. of spanned out into that. Uh, I mean, I'm totally on board of being part of that. I, I think I'd be pretty good at meeting the first aliens. You would, would you want to sign up for Space Force? I mean, it, it, from, I have no idea what it entails, but it seems to me like it'd be pretty much signing your death warrant. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're just yeah, I'll you know, for the for the good of humanity, I'll go and see whatever's up there. Right. It's it's such a bizarre thing. I mean, you had to expect this day to come at some point, but to actually hear the president say, We're gonna get a space force now. Right. You're like, what the fuck? Right. It's like, very it feels us like, from you know, extraterrestrial attacks. Right, right. Well, it feels very um like far off into the future to your point. Like yeah. it just it's it's so funny. We just wrote Star Wars like not that long ago. Right. <laughs> right. It's not yeah, it's not that long. Because I, I when I was researching this, I was like, what, what other space forces or like military in space, uh, like in movies and stuff. So I mean like I just made a list off the top of my head mm-hmm. of, of like James Bond Moonraker and yeah. they're all they've all got the, the yellow uniforms yeah. and they're like shooting lasers at each the, other. The Moonraker laser was a super overpowered gun in Golden. Very overpowered gun. Yeah. Um, Under Siege 2 was a little bit where they weren't, they didn't go to space, but they had like sp- a space based weapon okay. that would then shoot back down on Earth. Like it would, you know, block out all the sure. electrical. Like I think similar, GoldenEye was Golden a space based weapon right. too. Um, more like reality, like a, a president talking about a space force. 
Um, Reagan was really into it. Okay. Uh, he would always have these like war games. These um, uh, his his was called uh, their Strategic Defense Initiative. And the reason why it was a big big deal at the time was because it was going to destroy mutual assured destruction with nuclear weapons. Right. So it was going to shoot down incoming missiles that would be coming to the U.S. And Russia's like, well, if you can shoot idea. down, then that gives you a higher likelihood that you'll fire missiles at us preemptively. So therefore, we don't want you to have this. It's like, nah, just, just, just trust us. We're chill. Just chill. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're and, uh, and Reagan was like, nah, fuck off. No, we're going we're gonna to try to build this thing. I mean, I think we still, to the, I mean, we're still trying to shoot down missiles with missiles. It's just harder with, like, intercontinental ballistic missiles. Well, um, I, I wonder, like, so my mind when I hear Space Force jumps to, like, yeah, let's, def- you know, explore what's out there, also defend against anything that might be coming from out right. there. Right. But, like, I guess it could be something like setting up some kind of weapon like GoldenEye or something like that. Like, something... More than just like you know, one for like nuclear missiles, but like so like something to shoot those down for protection. But also like, who's to say you can't actually make some kind of satellite laser beam that can yeah take out a city? I, I think we might have some weapons like that are already doing that. Yeah. That, that already have some form of of. Uh, I mean, aside from surveillance, you know, you can send a satellite up and then have some super powerful camera that's going to read the license plate off your car, like uh, Will Smith in that movie, um, Enemy of the State. Okay, uh, where they're like. Tracking so everything, one? yeah, exactly. Um, but there are there are a lot of other things you you might need to do in space that are nothing to do with defense or anything. And, and, and so this is kind of interesting. So, space force would be the first new branch of the government or the, of the military, right? Since the air force. When was that? Uh, the air force came about in 1947. It was originally inside the army through the entire World War, all of World War II was yeah, inside yeah. the army, and then they're like, you know. Stuff's kind of heading in this direction. Maybe we need to, like, branch out. Uh, Like, we need people, like, solely only focused on flying. And you don't need to be an Army Ranger or anything. Right. So then they created the Air Force. Now, the Air Force is going to – the Space Force is going to be under the Air Force. But it will be its own branch inside of it. Okay. Um, And and is it – so it's not – it's just, like, an idea right now? Right now, it's still an idea. Yeah. But it's supposed to um, take – so it's supposed to start in 2020. Okay. So right now they've they've allocated funds, I think like seven hundred million to just do like the setup. Uh hire people, figure out, you know, logistics, where are you putting these people, what are your you know, just all of that stuff. How I mean, much that, experience the, do you have with space? Yeah. <laughs> that's a hard resume to find, I think. Yeah, tell me uh, tell me what you like about space. <laughs> yeah. Um and what so I mean biggest challenges are when coming into contact with a lunar rover up yeah, there, uh, breathing. Right. <laughs> um so what, I wrote down, you know, what's its mission and, like, why do we need this, okay. basically? And this is, this is from uh, defense.gov. Um, so its mission is to fundamentally transform our approach to space. Establish the U.S. Space Force, maximize warfighting capacity and advocacy for space, outpace future threats, and defend our vital national interests in space. Those are the five core tenets about why they feel we need to set up Space Force. Okay. Which I can get I like on board that. of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so then I started looking at it, and, was, and I had the question of who, who controls space? I mean, obviously nobody controls space. But, like, if, if we had, a, you know, billions of dollars, we were going we're gonna to buy a rocket and we're going to do this. We're, gonna, we're, we're Elon Musk. Like, how do yeah. you go about doing that? Um, there is a United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs that is essentially – the regulatory body for sending things to outer space. Mm. So you don't go talk with them. You go talk to your government. The government then tells these this, this organization what, that you're doing this. I don't right. even know if you really need to have the sanction of them. 
But the government, you, you basically have to go through all branches, the FBI, CIA, uh, maybe the Department of Energy, because the Department of Energy regulates and manages our nuclear program. Sure. So you, they might need to know, like, you definitely don't have a nuclear warhead on this missile that you're sending up there, this rocket that you're sending up. imagine there's some... Some red tape you have to get through to just to launch a rocket into space. So I started looking at some other things about why people might do, like, what could I buy right now and send it to space? Is there anything? Is there anything I could, like, go online and do? There is some, like, initial space tourism stuff. You can send ashes into space. For a thousand bucks, you can send a little thing of ashes. I don't know, I don't know the exact weight, but it'll go up into space and, and eventually uh, come back down into, Earth's or, into the atmosphere. For $12,000, you can send ashes into deep space, which I don't think will ever come back. So, I mean, that, that's not a, I mean, it's a lot of money to send ashes to space, but that's not an exorbitant amount of money uh, just to do it. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I mean, you think there's just like a pile of ashes somewhere and dude just collecting a check and saying like, oh, yeah, they're up oh, there. Oh, yeah, they're up there. Sure. No, I'm pretty sure you can go watch the launches of these things as like a family uh, event. Like you go huh. and like you send... Send it away. Send it up into space. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Wait, so if it goes into not deep space, they're going to fall back down into onto Earth at some point? Yeah, it, it would fall back down into Earth and, so like, and, and either burn up or maybe, you know, come back down and land in the ocean someplace. I'm trying really hard not to make like a double burn joke right now <laughs> about these things. First, we're going to cremate you. Then <laughs> yeah. we're going to really cremate you. All right. Uh, okay. And then deep space is like where we send all our garbage. Well, so uh, I, I was going to bring up the garbage point because one of the, the first tasks that Space Force might be doing is you got to we have to clean up space because we've sent so much crap up there already. That like, we initially thought that space is so big, all this crap, it's not going to matter. But what happens is, is that once these little specks and then there are and then like larger than a speck, you might have like a screw and then larger than a screw, you might have like a panel of a booster and then you have like Sandra Bullock still floating. Sandra around up Bullock's there. still floating yeah. around up there. She's gonna whack into you at right. twenty-two thousand miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, that's gonna that's gonna blow up your spacecraft. So one thing that they're they're thinking about doing is the initial thing is saying you basically just be trash collectors. Mm. Like figure out a way that you can go up and how do you, how are you gonna pick up these little specks of even like lead paint and stuff that w when you travel that fast uh, have like massive forces when they start colliding with things. So even just nothing. Could be something really crucial to like a big mission. So that that could be something that they do in the in the interim, like while they're figuring while, before they're fighting aliens and fighting China in space. I wonder if uh, like for that task there, I wonder if they've seen the documentary Spaceballs, where they use uh, the vacuum that giant vacuum cleaner just to suck the life out of planets. Maybe they could use that to get all the trash out of the out of the I, I, out of space. I hope somebody is within a twenty mile radius. That was a watching documentary, Spaceballs. right? <laughs> yeah, for sure, it was live like actual events. Okay, a hundred percent. Um, so who else has space forces? Like, United States is not the only one with a space force already. Russia. China, China and Russia both had space forces before. Okay. Um, China's kind of interesting. They also wrap up uh, cyber underneath their space force, which is interesting. Like, I don't know. China's up to something. It all goes hand in hand to me, I feel like. It, For some reason, those two things, it's just like, it's things that I don't understand, they all go together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're in that group. Um, I, I, I hear you on that. Yeah. Um, um, are those, the only, are we the only yeah. three countries? Uh, right now? Yes. Japan has sent, uh, I think they had just had a mission. Did they have a mission to the moon or did, was that, I think China just went back to the moon. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd have to look that up, actually. I think Japan does have... I mean, we all have um, coordination with the International Space Station. Right. So it's, it's, there are people that have astronauts and you know, they sure. do research in space and they are a part of that. But they haven't done their own mission... Essentially, no. They haven't. They haven't stand. They haven't like stood somebody, up their own like space Like a Japanese program. person would potentially go to Russia and launch up to the ISS. Right. Right. Gotcha. They would do that. Um, I mean, that's. It's. I. I actually think some of the private space companies. It's not necessarily a, uh, a so, hindrance. A hindrance to the space program, but I mean, they're developing a lot of um, intellectual property. SpaceX. So besides them, what else? Who else is is so out there? Besides them, you have. Virgin Galactic, which is Richard Branson's. Right. His is more space tourism. His is more, how do we put somebody up there to go into orbit and then come back down? And that was an amazing experience. Right. I think a lot of this initial things will be, how do we create viable businesses mm -hmm. that can fund further research and further development to make it easier and cheaper to get to space? Once you do that, you can start looking at other things you can do in space, like going to mine asteroids and like these things. So it's setting it's kind up of, colonies. Yeah, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson had he laid it out really well on a Joe Rogan podcast about sort of these is sort of the, the trajectory you have to go. You you do go do some small inter, interim business thing that people will pay for, and then that will spur more. Like uh, like the U.S. mail was the the example he used. It's okay. like. Uh, hey, we need we need to truck this mail coming back from World War II. Hey, we got these planes now. Yeah. Why don't we set up the you know the U.S. mail and the Air Force kind of can kind of just ship our mail around for a while while we set this up. So it gives kind of like these, you know, not not trivial, but it gives a business a reason for why you need to keep funding it. Okay, um, and that will you know create more development. Um, SpaceX then too, they're interesting in the in that. They are all about exploration and sending people to Mars. Yeah. Um, but they also have a, a bit of tourism aspect of them as well. Like they want to do, you know, go to Australia from New York in 15 minutes on their rocket. So you basically just jump on this intercontinental ballistic missile and fly around Australia or be there in 15 minutes. I mean, it's it's crazy when you think That'd about it. That'd be nice. It. Yeah. Um, I don't and then, be on the first flight, but uh, the second, third, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <clears throat> and then uh, Blue Origin is uh, Jeff Bezos's company. Okay. Uh, so those are like the f you know the four billionaire, three four billionaires that are in this fight, kind of doing the initial investments to get this viable. I mean, I just see a South Park episode in my head right now with oh. those, <laughs> all four of those guys. <laughs> I, I love and Bezos. They, they can talk. bring back NASA, the Mexican like Matt, the Mexican NASA. They can send the whale back up to the moon again. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean that that is Space Force and kind of what we're what we're looking at. Yeah. 2020. Well, I, I look forward to learning more about it. That was definitely a nice crash course for me because it's one of those things where like I've for sure been out and been like, yeah, you hear about SpaceX? What is that exactly? Yeah. So yeah. uh, it's nice to kind of learn more about it uh, from a, from an expert like yourself. I'm a <laughs> real real expert. Right on. Uh, that's going to wrap up our episode two for Tell Me What You Know. Um, we will be dropping episode three next week. Uh, now you know. Thanks for listening.